When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I better not talk with the chief, brother. You stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey everybody, because you care. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. Hello everyone. That's Kevin. Hey y'all. Welcome to the Quiet Tech Podcast, the Definitive Mighty Ducks Podcast. Not going to waste any time because we have on the line Mighty Ducks Game Changers hockey choreographer slash coordinator, Dave Tomlinson is here. Dave, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me on, guys. I've been listening to your podcast. You're very complimentary at times. (laughs) It's been fun to follow along. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know we had a, a fan on, uh, one of our many fans, I guess. Uh, but Dave, TSN commentator, NHL draft pick, played in the NHL, a legend for Adler Mannheim in the German League. Uh, you're like a point-per-game guy, helped them win four championships in five years. So I think we're really going to uh, go international with this pod here. But let's get into... The Mighty Ducks game change. Just how did this come about for you? How did you get involved in the whole uh, series here? Well, I've got to go back a little ways. Um, when I was playing hockey and I was over in Europe and I'd come home to Vancouver, that's my hometown. And uh, I've got a friend of mine who was a, a stuntman. He was in one of the Friday the 13th movies. And um, we were kind of palling around. And then he had told me uh, the movie Miracle was being filmed here in Vancouver. And they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I said, sure. Uh, So I was uh, the uh, McClanahan skating double. And I played on like the Swedish team and the Norwegian team and the Finnish team that just moved me around as old hockey player guy. So I got a little bit of a peek into playing hockey and film all at once. And that kind of piqued my interest. So I thought when I was done with pro hockey, I was going to get into being a stuntman in the movies and, you know, whatever I could do with hockey, but kind of life got in the way, had a couple of kids. Um, The next hockey movie in Vancouver was Tooth Fairy. So I was in that as well. Got a bit of a cameo shot out in the ice. Uh, That was fun to do. And so, you know, once these hockey movies were coming to Vancouver, I was kind of on the radar for them. the uh, Vancouver Canucks reached out to me because they were doing their kind of um, opening video for their season uh, last year. It was this big Game of Thrones uh, type battle on the ice and uh, it's the same sort of thing. I was given all the players that they wanted involved and then given kind of the, the script of what they wanted to do and it was up to me to create what they thought they had on paper for uh, the camera. And then uh, that brought me into the movie Status Update with uh, Ross Lynch again hockey coordinator on that one and so every time something come to Vancouver I'd get an email and it was the same sort of thing here with Mighty Ducks and uh boy I'll tell you what I'm so fortunate that I was brought on board I had a, a great time so let's let's go back to the tooth fairy here 
Uh, yes. So did you work with The Rock? And yes. uh, how good of a skater was he? Well, uh, he had injured his ankle getting ready to skate in this movie down in the States. And so they weren't going to let him do too much of his own thing up here in Vancouver. Uh, so they were being very cautious with him, uh, understandably so. And so he had a couple of uh, you know, skating doubles. Uh, the way that they shot it, you know, they did a pretty good job of uh covering that and, and he was great to work with but uh he wasn't able to kind of get out there and, and zip around like for instance emilio was able to in some of the scenes you guys have seen already nice nice so yeah i mean i think uh, our last episode we talked about some of the we thought it was some of the greatest hockey scenes in the series uh, i heard that <laughs> I, that's where i say you guys were complimentary that's fantastic i i wear that as a badge of honor because you don't want to let anybody down and I've seen the Ducks movies myself and I've, I've looked at their hockey and I've some of the things they've come up with and so I mean there's a little bit of pressure there to make the hockey look like hockey especially when my name's attached to it yeah that, a quick question to kind of follow up on that how much are you involved at all in like the editing process after that too like uh one of the things that we were talking about was how like it was very like all of it was in slow motion uh, or that like one of the scenes was at least um do you get input on that or like how does that process work yeah not as much as i would have liked to be honest with you because because hockey was the concentration for me like i wanted to have my hands on on every part of it but once we shot everything you know then it goes uh to, to editing which i wasn't a part of so i i'd sent out you know a bit of a notice on hey you know look for this or let's try and include that but like you guys uh you know i'm able to see the the finished product each week when it rolls out and so I'm, I'm seeing how they shot certain scenes and what they did to other things and uh specifically on that uh, kind of the spinorama that um evan has in that goal i'm not spoiling people are probably caught up with everything but um you know there there is a shot that i would have liked for them to have shown a little bit longer so i'm you know always going to ask for more hockey in there but, uh, i didn't have a big hand in the editing process so kind of a pivotal part in that third episode where they score their goal is this play that, you know, Bombay draws up for them. Um, clearly that was, you know, in the script already. When you see this is the play they're doing and, okay, we got to make this look real. What were your reactions to this, you know, kind of like gadget play, if you will, and, you know, full of deception? Yeah, uh, it's just that reading it, you know, understanding it in my brain on what it was supposed to look like. And then breaking it down into smaller parts for you know the the, uh, the kids to to get their marks right uh, some of the stuff in there i couldn't really conceptualize like when um you know dj gets uh, swung for some extra momentum from the goaltender I'm like okay how are we how are we going to sh show that without spending much, too much time on it while other things are going on um but in watching it in real time after it was all done I thought it came out, you know, as, as well as it could have. Um, that that trick at the very end with the toe on the puck, I, I teased something on uh, Twitter about that. But that that was an homage to Cliff Ronning, who's a uh, centerman. Um, he's from Burnaby here in British Columbia, and that's where the, the filming was uh, primarily made. And I'd play a lot of hockey with him in the summers, and he would do that when he was just fooling around because you can't hit in summer hockey, right? You're not supposed to. So he would put the toe of his stick on the puck and, and then just start skating around. He couldn't get it off him. So when I'm thinking about this spin move, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a little nod to that. Um, 
there was just there were so many elements going into that one play and we spent a good two days of on ice trying to break everything down and get going and then when it plays in its full run it's probably 20 seconds <laughs> but uh i thought uh, i thought it illustrated what it needed to yeah, yeah so this this play what are the odds of that actually working in a competitive game even if a team is like practicing it nonstop? Well, to be honest, um, there was a lot of deception there. And so, you know, the referee was around looking for the puck. And when uh, Koob picks it up, he actually, I wish they would have shown it a little bit longer. He actually shows the referee it's in his glove right away. So that's why the ref says, you know, plays alive, keep moving. And so the players don't notice that. So that part I could live with. And then the dropping it, uh, the whipping, you know, was uh, manufactured a little bit, but um <laughs> You know, the fact that, you know, Evan kind of leaves the pile and just kind of slowly slunks away, but he actually has the puck on his stick. And, you know, the way that we had shot it, he actually carries it on the outside. So he's sheltering it from the only two players that would see something, that's the defenseman. And then as soon as he knows that they know, then he gets going. Um, and of course, uh, you know, he's got the worry about the player back checking in the angle. So that's when that, that spin move just came in perfectly because, you know, as soon as someone does that you're like uh oh now how am i going to check this and um the deke at the very end going top shelf you've got to do that of course for uh the fans so um i would say there's a high probability that would work in almost every level other than the nhl (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go so obviously uh you talked about you know making it kind of realistic with dj uh sam the character uh one of the themes of the Mighty Ducks is just the random interference uh, that happens. As a pro and like the hockey coordinator, how do you sort of balance kind of your desire to make everything super realistic versus understanding, you know, this is a movie and things are not, or a TV series and things are not going to be uh, 100%, I guess, legal uh, from an NHL rules standpoint? Well, I would have to say, uh... You have to. I had to pick my battles <laughs> because um, if I wanted to make everything, uh, you know, a hundred percent through my hockey brain, then um, we would have longer days. Uh, so I, I, I think my experience in the previous productions, uh, you know, Miracle and, and Tooth Fairy, and then you know, doing that Canucks video, uh, helped me to understand, you know, what's the lens seeing versus what I want it to look like. And, and once you get that figured out, then you'll live with a little bit of uh, stuff that might not be legal, but shows or sells what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Anything, I guess, in these first three episodes that you saw that sort of made you cringe from an on-ice standpoint? Hmm. To be honest with you, like I've been a stickler in watching them to see it because I... I know what we did and then I know what they have. And yeah. so uh, I'm trying to choose some uh, parts. Uh, I, I think it's been fantastic to be honest with you. Like I, I can't even find something that um, I, again, I'd like the hockey, hockey plays for me, if they could, you know, have a little bit more time, but then um, I'd be adding another 10 minutes to every episode because <laughs> I want things to play for longer. I'll, I'll tell you a quick little story. How about this one? Sure. Um, it was from the pilot and there was a skating drill that um, the players were doing in the neutral zone. And it's all about, again, you know, filling the screen and making it look like it's intense and, and there's ways to do that. 
And so the, the players were on the blue lines and skating to center ice and back in waves. And they're trying to show that coach T is, you know, on this team. And so our goalies were doing this skate as well. Fine by me goalies participating, you know, those kind of uh, condition skates all the time. But then when they cut the pilot um, and I saw a preview before uh, they finalized it, they showed the scrimmage that was happening in this practice and then they cut to the skating to make it look like you know legs are going everywhere and i saw a pair of goalie pads in the neutral zone i'm like we we can't have this shot in there like it you can you can see a goalie at center ice and his pads like it's it's maybe half of a second i saw it and um so um spiller was like oh i didn't even notice so they they pulled it out right which is good but the next day after they had the, the trailer on uh, social media, someone screenshotted that particular thing. I thought they pulled it completely out. Someone screenshotted that particular spot with the goalie pads. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here it is. But instead of curving it, they said, oh, at least the goalies in this um, series have the pads on the right legs. So I'm like, okay, I'm safe. <laughs> Somebody found the flaw, but instead of, calling it out for what it was that was actually a compliment of something else so you know sometimes you can get get too much into your own head but um that's an example of where I was saying after seeing something wait a second the hockey brain is not going to let this happen so you, you mentioned you know um in, in trying to make all the hockey look legitimate you got to pick your battles a little bit you know we've talked to Steve Brill a few times and you know he's a big hockey guy and you know, I can imagine that be, can be pretty refreshing to have, you know, the creator is a hockey fan. He wants it to look real while still having his artistic license. Have you had scenarios where you're the only person there who kind of knows what he's doing or knows what hockey is supposed to look like in some of these projects you've worked on? Uh, I've been fortunate because most of the hockey uh, projects have been here in Vancouver. And so uh, most people either have seen hockey, have participated in hockey. I get a lot of stories about, oh, I used to play when I was young. Um, <laughs> or, you know, now play just with their buddies. So yeah, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen at times, um, you know, from the grips to the lighting guys to the <laughs> makeup people who are, you know, giving comments on things. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, understanding what they're trying to see and, and um, you know, what I want it to look like, I, we usually get there. But I, I certainly do have a lot of uh, input <laughs> from other people. Um, sometimes it's welcome, and uh, specifically with with Steve, like you know, he's the, the brains behind the the Hollywood part of it, right? So um, I always have to balance that with what I think it should look like. And you know, there were times where we would seemingly be going head to head uh, with what we wanted. And of course it's his franchise and we we'd find a way each and every time. And I think that was the best thing about working on this is that just they were great people, pardon me. And, but they, they took my input to a level that I was really um, proud of. What, um, so I'm curious, and I think a lot of our Quackalites will be curious. Um, friend of the show Jack White I don't know if you did you get to interact with him at all uh, who basically was you for the original trilogy um, did you get I don't know jump on a call with him or anything and, and no you, you, I had pretty big shoes to fill yeah um, so I, I'm, I'm curious about like how you how you feel you held up to, to that standard to his standard well I, I had heard his name uh, in some of the 
original ducks that came back um we were talking about them as well and so to me that's who i was to them you know like this is our dad mm -hmm. um but i hadn't talked with them uh, i hadn't got the opportunity i was only able to you know watch the previous movies and you know part of what i wanted to do was uh, start with a blank canvas and not myself harken back to anything or try to replicate anything i'll leave that up to the people that do the storylines um you know the benefit i think we have at this point is you've got computer animation you've got uh you know the the green screens that if you want to create something you can make it happen you've got the slow motion you guys talked about uh so i think technology has really helped out where uh you know now if they can think it up we can somehow make it happen which i don't know if they were able to have all those, those resources uh going way back from the first three Duffs movies so you you mentioned some of the old, older ducks and um so we we know which ducks are going to be on there disney has already kind of put that out there so this isn't a spoiler but you know matt doherty who played averman when he yeah. came on our show you know a year ago he talked about how you know he was a legitimate ice hockey player skater your expertise some of these older ducks who came back do they still have it or did you have to like hey we need to get some stunt doubles in here for some of these guys well it was impressive uh, and the energy that they brought to set um, and they're closer to my age and of course the kids I was working with so there's some kinship there um, no, he was fantastic uh, my role as the uh, coordinator and part of kind of the understanding was that I, I would get uh, a bona fide hockey double for every person who's going to play hockey so I had doubles for all the, the kid actors I had doubles for all the original ducks um whether they that double was used or not um was a different story but they had to be there uh in his case you know i didn't have to worry about him at all and and those guys it was fun because they came in a couple of days early after the quarantine to be able to just you know skate a little bit some of them hadn't skated in years and so the first you know 15 20 minutes they're trying to do more than they could and we're feeling it and then the next day it, i was so impressed uh, they just felt like uh, looked like they were just right back at it and so the, the energy in that episode is so uh, genuine and also the camaraderie between that group. Like I, that was, that was kind of that big light bulb for myself where like, oh my goodness, like this, this is happening. This is real. I know a bunch of episodes into it, but to, to, to make that connection to the original ducks uh, was quite something. And again, you know, they, they uh, asked for my input on certain things. And so that always makes you feel like you're, you're carrying your weight. You bring up an interesting thing with the doubles. Like, do you, you go out and find these people? Do people come to you and do you try them out? How do you find the doubles for everybody uh, sort of that needs to skate? Oh, do you know what? It's it's my favorite thing and it's it's most difficult thing uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but if, for whatever reason, this if I'm ever going to toot my own horn, um, it's it's being able to find that that exact double. Um, like I'll go back to that uh, status update uh, movie with Roth, Ross Lynch. Um, I needed to find, you know, a right hand shot slender um, player who had some curls on the back and was highly skillful. Uh, so Sam Reinhardt, who plays for the Buffalo Sabres. Like I, when I saw Ross Lynch skate, that's, that's the guy that came to mind. So I, I found my double size wise, body type, skating, everything else. The next step is, okay, can I get this guy to be interested, you know? 
Um, and so there's some, some skill moves in that uh, thing that was were pretty fun to do. And same thing with the kids. You know, I've got a son who's 11 years old, so I've seen a lot of the younger players that play here in the lower main line and can kind of pick and choose. Um, and so one of the players, uh, Maxwell's double, was a kid from my son's uh, hockey community. And he just happened to be a little bit smaller, a little bit uh, beefier and um, was a Mighty Ducks fan. And so there were times on set with some of the doubles dressed in what they're supposed to be wearing, where the other people didn't know if it was the real guy or not. And so that that was fun for me. And at times myself too, because if they're turned and you can only see the back, I wasn't sure if it was Kiefer or if it was his double. And so um, there are some real one-to-one -one looking guys uh, and girls in this in this series. Well, we, we've been bugging Brill to get us uh, some walk-on roles on the show, so we might need to find uh, some some uh, doubles for us soon. Well, they, they introduced the podcast, right? So now <laughs> you guys are you're that close. Yeah, uh, we can be like special guests or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we can get on the ice, Kevin, but we'll try. Uh, we'll try. Well, Mike, you could be on the ice pretty easily. I could be on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I, I played growing up but um i could get all three of you guys on the ice and have you oh there we go give me two weeks that's that's all i need two weeks. yeah well kevin and i were we're natural athletes so it'll be no <laughs> yeah. problem there we go there we go i i like that dave just guaranteed us a spot in season two so that's <laughs> how i'm taking it so yeah, let's get season two and then uh, i'll see how much too much weight i have to pull you guys in uh, along those lines, uh, can we expect a cameo from you in season one? Do you do you even know that yet? Um, I, I'm in there uh, in, in various spots with filming and with COVID. I mean, guys, I got to tell you the the challenges were were huge. Um, with the ten episode series, we had a crew that would do the odd numbers and a crew that would do the even numbers for directors and assistant directors and everything else. And you, everyone that had to be on set had to be COVID tested twice, so you have to work back. And so the biggest challenge was, for instance, if we're working on episode four, like I'm, if I'm on the ice and we're going through episode four, I've already broken down episode five, found all the people I need to do that, gone work backwards from the day where they're starting that to get them COVID tested. And then I'm already reading episode six to make sure that there's no curveballs. So my body is present in the day that we're shooting, but my brain is two weeks ahead and then minusing 10 days for people that need to be COVID tested. And then so I got to minus five more days on reaching out to them to see if they're available and telling them, hey, you got to test here, you got to test here, you got to, you know, this, this, and this. So um, it was a lot of mental gymnastics for having it all come together. And I, I think we were maybe two days over what the supposed schedule is supposed to be. So a lot of people did, uh, you know, just yeoman's work and pulling this whole thing off. So yes, to answer your question about myself. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like an assistant coach for uh, Coach T. Um, I'm a referee in a couple of things. I'm a okay. coach on the other team for a couple of things. I might or might not have been wearing a duck jersey for a couple of swipes because we were down a player one day and I'm like, <laughs> Throw it on me. I know I'm you know, five, <laughs> ten and a half, but I can scrunch down and you won't even notice. Um, so I, I sprinkled myself in there. Okay. I was going to say, you're going to need to bug Brill because Jack White got two pretty solid uh, uh, appearances in D2 and D3. So yeah. he's in FaceTime, you know? I, I'm waiting for S2 and S3 to do that. <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I feel like you'll have a whole arc by season three if we get there. We go. Yeah. Some of uh, some of the people on set, and not only just you know the the actors. You know, you mentioned obviously being in Vancouver, you're gonna have a lot of hockey fans there. Did were any of them like a little bit more confident than uh, in their abilities, and maybe uh, um, they probably were realistically? Did you have to like kind of show them up a little bit, be like, hey, you know, have you seen you know the Mannheim stats? I'm the guy. Or uh, were people pretty impressed with your ability there? Uh, I was fortunate that you know. I'd say most of the people that I work with had um, heard of my career or had talked with me about it. And uh, the fun thing is, again, you know, most of the people who uh, worked on set, some of them, you know, were hockey fans and, and played hockey. And so between takes or if we're setting up for something, you know, they would mention something about this hockey or that hockey or whatever. And then every once in a while, I wouldn't do it a lot, but if I had to, I just grab the puck snap it off the crossbar from like 40 feet out just to let them know you know what you're saying you can play hockey but here's here's an, an example of what it really looks like to put this there um <laughs> so if i had to pull that uh, i used to play card out i i would but um the, the toughest thing was the kids themselves they were so excited to get on the ice and we, you know we've got a limited filming window with um you know minors and they've already done their off-ice stuff. So they're, they're just a bundle of energy and they want to get out of the ice and they're just going everywhere. And we've got, you know, it's cameras and lights and setup and people, cords and, you know, electrical. And they're all zipping around and jumping over things. And we're like, whoa, we need to film a scene here, guys. Let's all come in. Like, it's almost like free candy. So they come in and they go, you know, just kidding, no candy. Now we got to do a scene. But um, again, the, the energy was infectious from them. Was it harder to uh, train the kids than adults in the previous sort of experiences you had? Or how did they sort of compare to the other people you've had to sort of teach how to skate? Well, same sort of thing. A couple of them said, oh, I've played hockey before. I'm like, oh, perfect. And then we get out in the ice. I'm like, well, okay, here's some things we need to work on. <laughs> um, and, and the levels of uh, uh, capabilities were, were varied, right? Like uh, DJ plays Sam. He couldn't even tell me if he had seen a hockey game before, um, but he's athletic. So we got him in skates and, and he, he picked it up pretty quickly. And then there are some things where I'm trying to make some corrections and I just, I know they're not going to sink in. So you have to you know, live with it. Um, you know, Brady who played Evan, like he, he was just so into it. Um, and so they want to run before they can walk. Uh, so I had to kind of balance that, but it, each one had their own, uh, kind of individual style and that I just wanted to leave alone. Uh, and, and they put a lot of hard work in because not only have to worry about their characters and their lines and hitting their marks, but then all of a sudden they're in full gear and they've got to, you know, make it to a certain spot and look a certain way and, and do a certain movement. And, um, you know, they, they put their effort in and the best part about it all was when we were done and when we were wrapped like almost to uh, to a man or to a to a kid they came up to me sometime along the way and said I think I want to be a hockey player I, I when I'm going to go back home and I'm going to I'm going to keep playing hockey so I'm like okay hey we converted into seven hockey players I've done my job there you go growing the sport just uh, one actor at a time right um so one thing we discussed, I think, after the pilot, and we don't have a ton more time, but um, Lauren Graham's, I guess, figure skating scene, um, and Mike was a little critical of it. Um, 
What was, uh, I guess, your involvement with that? And what can you tell us about Lauren Graham's skating ability? Yeah, so for that, uh, Lauren hadn't been on the ice a ton. Um, and so I'm not a figure skating aficionado. To be honest with you, that fell under stunts. So they had to find the double. Uh, they worked on the routine. I was there for safety purposes. Um, and then we used, you know, some camera angles. And, and so Lauren skating, um, you know, in some episodes, she's wearing skates, some she's wearing hockey skates, some she's wearing figure skates, some she's wearing her shoes to set up in the ice. Uh, so that was, um, she could do it. And you'll see in the next episode coming up to, to uh, what ability. Um, but she was more comfortable, I would say, like coaching in her, her boots than she was uh, skating around and letting the kids do their thing. But the, that um, figure skating routine was, um, I, you know, I was impressed with <laughs> what they were trying to show and then how it came out. Yeah, I think my problem was more like the storyline aspect of it than yeah. the actual figure skating itself. But um, different topic for a different day. Uh, but what about Emilio? Uh, I think our our recollection from the original one was he he did it, but he wasn't all that interested in you know learning how to skate. How did he um, sort of react this time around when he uh, was being asked to put on the skates and do some stuff? He he was excited to get back out there, and then he realized it's probably more difficult than he thought it was because of the time period of skating and getting back out on the ice. Um, I have to say this, Emilio Estevez is the most humble um, actor I think I've ever interacted with. He was such a pro. He was so genuine. He was helpful. Um, he was the steady hand in this whole thing. And, you know, we're close to the same age. And, and so he'd come in each day and he'd be like, okay, coach, what are we gonna work on today? And I'm like, okay, well, today I wanna be working on like, making sure when you're inside edge and returning this, and how about we just, how about we just get out there? I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> And, but it was cool because I would show him something and then he'd work on it and work on it and then he'd get it. And so I had a double for anything that I needed for him. And again, one of these, the double was, uh, you know, true to form, but we used more of Emilio doing his own stuff than we did the double, which made me proud because Emilio put the work in. And then um, if something wasn't quite the way he we liked, we, we'd work on it. We'd pull aside and we'd work on it a little bit and then you'd, you know, that thing where it clicks and he said, like, oh yeah, I got it now. So yeah, he, um, he enjoyed it, but I, I would certainly know like the day after a full workout, he'd say to me, oh, my thighs, you know, my, 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 <laughs> I'm feeling it. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I I've been on the skates my entire life. I don't feel that way. <laughs> Let's get after it again. So I had to, to push those guys a little bit, but in the end, I think it was worth it. Awesome. Awesome. So we do this thing called uh, the quack question and we put out, uh, we told people you were coming on and said, Hey, do you have any questions for Dave? So um, Kevin, do you have a quack question or do you want me to read it? Uh, I, I do. Uh, unless you have one that sticks out to you, but I have a couple that I wanted to get. You can through. go for um, it. Cool. Uh, people were, were very interested. Um, so this first one comes from uh, Andy Tattersall on Twitter. Who's at cake eater 92. Uh, Andy's question is, what are the, I'm probably gonna butcher this name, so forgive me. What are the chances that you can call up your old buddy, Timu Salon, and give him a cameo in the Game Changers in the future? Did I, did I kill that name? Yeah. Uh, Timu Solani, yes. no, very close. Okay. <laughs> um, I would love to have Timu Solani uh, involved. Um, 
COVID was the barrier for, for a lot of things, unfortunately. Uh, when you go through the credits in the upcoming episodes, you'll see some names uh, for some doubles and for some skaters that you'll be like, oh my goodness, like that's, that's impressive. Uh, I can't give them to you right here, fortunately, but um, you know, we wrangled some, some pretty good names. And you know, I was a teammate of Timo Solani. He was awesome. Um, if we were filming in the United States, I think it'd be easier, but uh, up here in Canada, it's a little bit tougher. Once there's no more border restrictions and quarantines, and if there is a season two, and you know, Brill and I get to talk, I would love to have Timo be a part of things. Excellent. Uh, the second one comes from Cat's uh, fan in Ohio on Twitter. Uh, uh, he's at Michael bf88 uh his question is how efficient is using a wall of cans at teaching a kid how to stop and this i guess is a harken back to the old the old trilogy yeah so sorry what was the question uh how effective is using a a, a wall of cans at teaching a kid how to stop oh yeah um i think there's better ways <laughs> <laughs> but time consuming but, ways what's that <laughs> Less time-consuming ways. Uh, less time-consuming ways. Um, you know what I did for the, the teaching them how to stop is uh, I made it into a competition to how high they could spray. So instead of them thinking about the mechanics of stopping, they're thinking about okay, I, I know I need to stop, and I'm trying to really push my blade in so that I can beat that you know his or her spray. So uh, I kind of skipped a step, and um, you know we we did it up against the boards, which is kind of dangerous because if they don't stop their ankles are done but because there's the kick plate and I made sure that they stopped it in time um we were measuring the height of the spray on the boards and so that got them into this competition about digging in for stopping um but I can I can get the cans out there next time and see if they can knock them over yeah yeah so who has who's the best stopping ability do you remember well, so Kiefer uh, is, uh, is a local kid here um, from around Vancouver and, and is a hockey player. So uh, the, the juxtaposition of his character versus, you know, real life, um, we, we had to deconstruct a lot of things for him. Um, so right out of the box, you know, he would be the guy that could, uh, you know, play hockey uh, at the highest level amongst the kids. That's funny. The, the uh, yeah. One kid who has to suck the most is probably the best skater. Well, trust me, that was one of the running things uh, throughout <laughs> the, the series when I'm getting, you know, the scripts and the characters and then seeing in real life who they are and what they need to do. And I'm like, oh, my best hockey player has to be my worst hockey player. Okay, <laughs> what else we got? Uh, I got w one last one for you. Uh, OG Quackalite Joy Sang wants to know how many more sick plays will Bombay draw up? Oh, well... Okay, two episodes from now, there is, uh, there's a play, um, might or might not be from the hand of Bombay. There will be uh, later on in the series, um, you know, they're called the game changers. Um, some of these plays will be just that. So that, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of signature plays that uh, uh, are yet to be shown. That's a, that's a fiery little teaser there. I like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you should work in PR or something like that. I like that a lot. All right, I think we're over time. So I just have one uh, last question and we'll wrap it up. Obviously, you've done a lot of movies and stuff like that. 
what's your best sort of swag that you've either quietly nabbed offset or have been given from any of these uh, movies, whether it's Mighty Ducks, Miracle, anything like that? Oh, that's a good one. Do you know what? Um, I'll, I'll show it to you guys. I'll keep talking. Oh, but perfect. I something that I haven't worn yet, and you'll see it, and then I'll describe it. But it's a it's a winter coat. Oh, with the Don't Bother's Ooh. logo, and they had some fun with me on set because obviously my last name's Tomlinson. We had Dylan Playfair playing Coach T, and you know we're always kind of joking back and forth. I said they should call me Hockey Dave, so everyone called me Hockey Dave and called Dylan Coach T. But just to make me feel like I was fitting in. It's uh, in the back here. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. So that, I would say that right there is uh, my most uh, impressive piece of swag. That is pretty good. Uh, yeah. That is impressive. All right. Uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter at Hockey Dave T. Uh, you can get all his analysis. I, I've enjoyed the tweets about the Mighty Ducks too. You sort of like give some teasers out and stuff like that. So uh, definitely. I also, uh, I, I do want to throw out there that uh, Sway said you are a game changer. So uh, oh, she's awesome. awesome. Yeah, you know what? I, I miss the kids so much. I I know we're tight on time, but um, the very last day of shooting, I had to leave a day early to go do the World Junior Championship in Edmonton or TSN. And so I didn't tell the kids that I wouldn't be there on the very last day because I didn't want them to be affected on the day that I was there. And so um, on the last day that I was there, so second to last day of shooting, I, I brought all the kids in for what I was going to consider as like a, just a quick chat at the end of the day. But um, it was for me to tell them this is my last day. And so they, they all came to the bench and Sway was you know, beside me and I said, hey, uh, kids, I got to tell you something. And then Sway is like, you're not leaving, are you? And I looked at her because I'm like, nobody knew. And I'm like, what? And, and then they, all the kids' faces looked at her and looked at me. And then I got to be honest with you, that's when the tears came to my eyes because I love these kids so much. They, they put in so much work. And, and here I was having to tell them that this was my last day and, and they would have to finish the, the next day without me. And man, the emotion um, of that. But, uh, you know, the kids, you know, they, they put in the hard work, that's for sure. So were you done or did they have more hockey scenes? Like, are we going to see a season finale where the hockey just breaks down completely? Cause that was the day you weren't there. <laughs> no, no. The give and take on um, being able to leave a day early was that uh, we had all the hockey in the can, except for one small part of it. And I had already, you know, we'd written it up. We rehearsed it. Uh, I had an assistant, uh, Brad Turner, who was also a, a you know, former professional hockey player. So um, between him and I, I gave him the heads up. So I said, you know, to Brill, because I had to let him know, I said, listen, I, I won't be here, but everything is ready to go. And then the other thing too, is that um, we're able to follow on the monitors from afar, uh, you could tap in. So I was actually able to watch what was going on on set while I was in my quarantine in Edmonton. And uh, I didn't really have to say much because it was all pre-choreographed and everything else. But um, you know, I just, I remember the emotion of that day and, uh, you know, the celebration afterwards when it was finally wrapped and well, like everybody else, I hope that we can uh, have a season two and, and build from what we started with. Yeah. That makes me feel a little more relieved. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll, I'd be, obviously we're pushing for season two. If we have season two, I feel like we could talk more. So I, if we have season two, we'll have you back on, um, see what else is going on in your world in the mighty ducks world. 
Uh, thank you so much, Dave. Again, at Hockey Dave on Twitter. For us at Crack Deck Pod, Facebook.com slash Crack Deck Pod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us your favorite hockey scene in uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. And remember, Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. Quack. <laughs> <laughs>